nature. And when you tap in, you start calling out those things the way God sees them. You start seeing things changed. So we're going to get right into it this morning, the God kind of faith. Man, if you guys have your word, man, I'm telling you, if you have, I don't care if you have a tab or have a phone or have, you know, have your Bible out, man, open it up any way, shape, or form, because you want to be able to get these scriptures into your spirit. Come on with me this morning to the word. Come on, don't stand on my word, stand on his word. Come on. And I even feel it right now, and I, was, I, and I even was feeling this during the midst of worship, that there are those that feel that they cannot stand in faith like they used to. Let me tell you something. It says, and, and I pulled this out, I even highlighted it in my Bible this morning. So, come on, over to 2 Tim, Timothy. Come on, 2 Timothy 2.13. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified because I love the way the Amplified says it. It says, if we are faithless, Come on, do not believe and are untrue to him. Come on, some, someone's thinking, man, I've messed up too much. I, I, I blew it in this area, or I said this, or did this. Come on, they, they believe in their mind that they've been untrue, that they've been unfaithful in their, in their mind, in their, in their will, and in their emotions. Come on, it says, if we are, if we are faithless, and do not believe and are untrue to him. He remains, come on, God remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character. Come on, he's faithful to his word over your life. He is faithful to his character over your life. Come on, God is not bipolar and only looking for you to act one way. He's not happy one moment and then depress the next moment. He's not happy one moment and goes on his crazy cycle the next moment. He is not a bipolar God. God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't have multiple just off the wall just... Oh, I'm going to be like one way, and I'm going to be this way the next day. Come on. God is always faithful to his word over his life. He is always faithful to his character in his life. Now, his character takes different forms, and his character takes different things like faith and love. Come on. There's there's a seven spirits of, of, of God. Come on. There's different attributes. There's both counsel and might. Come on. There's different attributes. But that character and his attributes of heaven are always faithful over you. He remains true and faithful to his words and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Come on, for he cannot, you gotta, you gotta understand this. He, this is why, because he cannot deny himself. You are engrafted into Christ. But Felix did a, a beautiful illustration on Friday night. Now we are engrafted in to Christ. And we talked about this even on the Zoom on, on Thursday nights, that we are grafted in for those that are in Christ. Come on, who's in Christ? Who is a believer in the Son of God, the resurrected King of Kings? Then we are engrafted. We are completed within him. And he does not see us by our flesh. He sees our spirit, man, engrafted into Christ. And because of that, he doesn't look at our faults. He looks at his son. He looks at our resurrected character. And he is faithful to that. Come on, he is faithful to you. 
You are not, man, I, I've been on this kick for weeks. You are not your mistakes. You are not your fault. You are not your shortcomings. You are not your past. Come on, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let anyone else uh, lie to you. Know who you are in Christ and rise up with the character that has already been engrafted within your spirit, man. Come on, I'm not even on my notes, but this is good this morning. Come on, love them. Come on, whoo, Jesus. Man, I, I want to get up and do a little dance, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, whoo, Holy Spirit. Man, I'm telling you, fuego this morning. Whoo, Jesus. Come on, we're going to talk about the God kind of faith, and I think we're already there. Come on. But if you have your word, do me a favor, turn over to Mark 11. I love Mark 11 because there's so much in there. But we're going to go back over to Mark 11, 22 this morning and through 24. And we're really just going to kick this off. And I'm just going to see exactly where God takes me in my notes. I got a lot of scripture. I even have on there the different kinds of faith. Did you know there's different kinds of faith? Even in moments, come on. Jesus even pointed out, man, there's little faith. Faith. Mountain moving faith and great faith. Did you know there's also a gift of faith? And we're going to talk as much about faith this, this morning as possible. And matter of fact, I even I just even feel, man, because I've been chewing off of uh, of Hebrews 11 for the last couple of weeks. I even think that I, I maybe even either do some lives um, this week or maybe even uh, the next time I'm preaching, uh, continue on faith. Because here's the thing. We, we can talk about all kinds of stuff, but we preach Christ and Christ crucified and the faith therein. Come on. We preach the word of faith. Come on. We have to have faith in what Jesus did. We have to have mountain moving faith. We have to be able to call those things that be not as though they are. You want to know what the prophetic really is. And the prophetic is speaking the faith of heaven over your life. It's, it's relaying the father's heart of what he sees, whether you see it or not. Come on. There's some things prophetically, not only that have been spoken over my life, but I know that I've spoken over other people's lives. They didn't see it and it came to pass. Because I was speaking one out of faith, and I'm calling those things that be not in that very moment as though we were. And that's just relaying the Father's heart of God's best over their life. Come on, the prophetic should be there to encourage, equip, and exhort. Come on, it should be there to build up and build up what? The faith within you. The prophetic word should be able to do what? Birth faith within you. Stir up your spirit man within you and have a rise and have a charge of, my God, I may not see it, but this is how heaven sees it. I may see it one way. I may be just like in, uh, come on, just like Paul and Silas were in prison. Come on, just like, I mean, I can count how many times that, that, that I can quote, not just quote, but recall testimonies in the word of God of when things did not look one way, but God said something else. Come on, look at Joshua and the tribe of Israel. And when they're standing up against Jericho, a wall that's never been defeated, an army that's never been defeated in Jericho, and they just lost Moses. They just lost their leader. Man, I'm telling you, God had to encourage even Joshua in that moment. 
How many times did he tell Joshua just in the first chapter of Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous and do not fear. He had to tell him three times, continually over and over and over again to be strong and courageous and do not fear because fear in that moment was the opposite of faith. It was the opposite of what heaven saw. Heaven saw those walls coming down and them taking the promised land. In the natural, they saw a wall. Come on, we got to see the things the way God sees them. Come on, Mark 11, back on my notes. <laughs> Mark 11, 22 through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whatsoever, whatever, whatsoever you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. There's a key but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Come on, I love this. God has given them a kingdom strategy. And matter of fact, if you go back to the original translation, the original text, he doesn't say have faith in God. They had faith in God. They were faithful Israelites. They believed in God. Jesus was trying to teach them a kingdom dynamic in this moment. And the original translation said this, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have the faith of God. Come on, have the faith in God. Come on, not just have faith in God. I know that he's the creator of heaven and earth. I know these things. I know that he is my alpha and my omega. I know that he's my strong tower and my refuge. But he's, Jesus wasn't teaching them just, hey, have faith in God. Have faith in the very creator of heaven and earth. He's saying have the faith of God. And he's taught them how to have that faith. When you look at a mountain and you say cast, be cast and go into a sea. When you see those things that mount up as the greatest obstacle. That have a form of one thing. And you say to it, it needs to be removed. You don't doubt in your heart. You don't have any unbelief. But you speak it out. I guarantee whatever you ask, you shall have it. He was teaching them a kingdom dynamic of how to have faith of God, the faith of God. Come on, what kind of faith is that? I, 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 love, I love teaching about this. I love teaching about faith because it's the very fundamentals. If you didn't have faith, oh, come on, I, I, I got I to break this out. I got to break this out. It's not, I mean, I, I'm going way off my nose, but I, I just feel it this morning. You didn't have faith. Romans 10, 8, 9 and 10 says this. But what say this? The word is near. And even in thy mouth. Come on. We, we call 2020 the year of the roar, right? Matter of fact, I'm going to read this out of, out of the New King James. Whoo, Jesus. Come on. Just looking this up. I, I, it's, I, need, I need to get a pad. Um, an iPad again, but uh, I'm doing this on the laptop, so give me a second. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth. We've called this the year of the roar. 
You can't have the year of the roar coming out of your mouth without faith. Listen to this. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Two places that it needs to be in your mouth and in your hearts because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That is, come on, in your heart and in your mouth is the word of faith that we preach. We call those things that be not as though they are. Come on, the, the, come on, come on. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent taketh by force. We don't take it by force by these. We take it by force by this. Come on, we take it back by the very words that says, devil, you may have had this area, but I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus. You cannot have it. You cannot take it. And it does not belong to you. God is redeeming those, but it comes out of the heart and out of the mouth. And it's the word of faith, the God kind of faith. And it says this. Right after he says that, and this is why I said, if you don't have faith, come on, it's the very fundamentals, the very core of how you believe in Jesus. And it says in 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. It was faith in the heart and out of the mouth that I grafted you in to Jesus. Come on, faith is the fundamental of everything. It is even more powerful. And matter of fact, let, 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 me, let me clean this up before I say it so, so people don't misunderstand and hear something that I'm not saying. If you didn't have faith, you don't have the prophetic. If you don't have faith, you don't have signs, wonders, miracles. If you don't have faith, you don't have healing. You don't have, a, you don't have any of that without the fundamental faith in Jesus Christ. You don't have any of that if you don't know the God kind of faith that resides in, on the inside of you because the creative force of heaven dwells on the inside of you. Without faith, if you read those words, if you read about the prophetic, if you read about your, your calling and your anointing, and if you read about the anointing of heaven, if you read about signs, wonders, and miracles, if you read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, without faith, it wouldn't even make sense to you. Come on, faith by love is the fundamental of what we do in our Christian walk. Those that believe on me, Jesus said, it comes back to faith. John 14, 12, it says, those that believe on me, the works that I do, you shall do also. It starts with the believing. Jesus said, you got to believe in Jesus Christ and the works that I do. You shall do also, and even greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. That's John 14, 12. If anyone's taking notes or anyone wants, wants to know where that's at, that's one of my live scriptures. Come on, I believe in Jesus. I believe he was, he was Yeshua, the Son of God, the Messiah, my very rock on I stand upon. No matter what happens in my life, I'll stand on him. Because if he can't be shaken, if the rock can't be shaken, I'm not going to be shaken either. Come on, you got to be able to stand on that. So going back to the God kind of faith, because I'm excited about this. Whoo, Jesus. Jesus. Hi, Mary. Oh, I love, I love Aunt Mary. 
Whoo, Jesus. Come on, I'm going to give you some examples of the God kind of faith because I believe, especially in this year of the roar, I, I believe especially with everything that is happening with, with the quarantines, with, with the pandemic, with everything that is out there speaking fear, why not speak faith even louder? Come on, that's why I, I want everybody on here to share this. We got to get faith on the airwaves. Where there's fear on the airwaves, where there's so much talk about nonsense and silliness and gooey, gooey, just wrong emotions and, and everything else that, oh, what about this and what about this? No, what about this? Come on, what about the word? What about the finished work of the cross? What about my God, the creator of heaven and earth, that looks at this and says, pandemic, what? I am greater than anything that this earth has ever faced. The finished work of the cross is greater than anything else. Come on, let, let's, 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 <laughs> you want to hear the God kind of faith? Come on, let, let's go back to Genesis. Come on, I love this. I love Genesis 1-3 where it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be light. And there was light. Did you know light is continually to be produced and exist and has not stopped since he said, let there be light. It continues to go. And there's no stopping it. It didn't say, well, I'm just only covering this solar system and I'm only doing this. Light is continually to grow. The expansion of the universe is continually growing because God said it. And he is the creator and creation and the creator himself cannot be stopped. God said, let there be light. And there was light. But let's go back to Genesis for a second. Come on. I need you to see this for yourself because we're, we're going to get into the deep end here. And I think we're already there. We're, 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 cheating. we're, we're, we're chewing on the steak this morning. Come on. This ain't, this ain't milk. This is, this is the meat. The meat of faith. Come on. We need to get back to some, some healthy protein diet in the faith of God. Come on. Whew. Genesis 1.1. I know. I mean, we're talking about going back to the beginning. We're going back to the beginning. Genesis 1.1. says this. In the beginning of God. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. Now listen to this specifically, and I'm going to read this slowly, and I'm going to highlight some things. Because it, it says in Genesis 1-3 that it said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. But you got to understand, one, what the light is. Two, you have to understand what was there. And I want to break this down because I think this is going to help some people. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. In verse 2, so important. And the earth was without form. The earth itself was without form. And it was void. Had an absence of. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So it had no form. It was completely void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Come on. I, I, 
How many times, and, and I need you to honestly stop, and I need to honestly, this is a, a slow down, let this absorb. I, I know I've been preaching just fiery, and I, and I, I know it's going to swing right back there. Happens every time I talk about faith. But I need you to slow down for a minute and think about this. What in your life has no form? What do you think your life right now consistently is void of? What do you think, is there any area in your life, I don't care if it's your workplace, I don't care if it's your coworkers, I don't care if it's your neighbors, your family, your marriage, your kids, your finances, your health. I mean, I can just keep going down a, a, a list of things. Is there any of those or anything else? Even your mentality and your mindset, your will, your emotions, is there anything that's void of? Is there any part of darkness that's not speaking light into? Come on, is there anything that's lacking the form of? That's what the God kind of faith does. Because we talk about faith all the time, but we don't recognize that the God kind of faith is in the midst of things without form, things that are void of, and things that have the darkness. When I pray over people, and I can't count how many times God has done miracles, signs, wonders, seen the glory of God, I've seen angels, I've seen all, all this kind of stuff. But it was always in the midst of having faith in him that I'm seeing the things his way, not my way. Because the natural will say, I see a wheelchair. The natural will say, I see blind eyes. The natural will say, this lady's leg is two inches shorter than the other leg. Come on. But I cannot, as a believer, as a faith-filled man of God, look at things that way because then I would be void of myself of seeing things how heaven sees them. God looked and said, hey, this doesn't have form. This is void and darkness covers the earth. But guess what I'm about to do? It says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Come on, the spirit of God started stirring up. It started hovering over. And in matter of fact, if you study that out it says that the spirit himself that moved that moved was talking about a birthing there was something about to be burnt out in the spirit the holy spirit was over the faith face of the earth ready to give birth to just waiting for the word of god he was waiting for god to speak now if god put the authority of heaven and earth in your mouth if God says, if you pray anything according to my will, not only will I hear it, but I will perform it. I will do whatever you ask in my name. You shall receive it. Come on. How many scriptures says that if you speak, if you ask, if you declare forth those things, if you speak out the word of God, it says that the angels hearken to the or do and carry out the word of God. The Holy Spirit is sitting there right there, pregnant just waiting to give birth, 
waiting for God to open up his mouth and speak out a word because as soon as God speaks out a word, it has to come to pass and the Holy Spirit's ready to go and do and carry forth the word of God. Well, the same thing is true today. The Holy Spirit is not only within you for your sake, but he's upon you for everyone else's sake and he's ready and willing to help change the atmosphere. But you got to open your mouth and call those things that be not as though they are. I don't care if you're void of health. I'm speaking the health and the creative force of heaven upon you. And I'm going to see a creative miracle. I don't care if there's darkness attacking you, the spirit of infirmity. I don't care if it's attacking your finances, your marriage, your household, your prodigal sons and daughters, your workplace. I'm going to call it healthy healed, whole, the shalom, nothing lacking, nothing missing, peace of God. And I'm going to call them back into a restorative place because God is a restorer and a redeemer. Come on, if I'm going to see something that has no form, I'm going to speak out and go, man, that's too easy for God. If God can just say, hey, let there be light and let there be light, I, I see blind eyes, I'm going to say, eyes you see. I don't care if God has to give you new ones. Come on. Creative force of God. I don't care if he has to create new eyeballs or restore and redeem the ones that are already there. You will have sight in Jesus' mighty name. And it comes to pass and it comes to pass. It comes to pass because it's the God kind of faith. You have to be able to call those things that be not as though they are. That's just one example, and I, I needed to bring you back to the very beginning because we don't think of that. We just think that, hey, oh, Jesus spoke this, and I can speak this, and wait a second, I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this, and all of a sudden, you're taken back just a little bit. You're taken back a little bit. You're taken back a little bit, and then all, all of a sudden, you move from great faith back into little faith, but guess what? Peter walked on water even with little faith. We'll get to that here in a minute. That was Genesis 1, 1 through uh, 3. If you guys are taking notes, come on, this is good. Whoo, Jesus, so much oil in my lamp, in my lamp this morning. Come on. <laughs> I love Jason. Uh, come on. Feeling this this morning, Karen. Come on. Whoo. Come on, Mary. Wow, I love that. <laughs> Good morning, Landon. Love you, man. Jesus, trying to make this interactive this morning, but there's a preach on the inside of me. There's a man. I'm telling you, Jesus went from town to town and he preached, he teached, and he healed. Come on, there's a preach, there's a teach, and there's a healing on the inside of me today. And I'm releasing it because what's in me needs to get out of me. Come on, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Whew. Come on. Mark 4, 39 says this. I love this story, and, I, and, and I'm going to break this down and do a, a synopsis real quick. Jesus just got done hearing about John the Baptist's beheading. Come on. He retreats unto uh, a place. He gets done feeding the multitude. Uh, there, there's, there's signs, there's wonders, there's miracles. Come on. And wherever Jesus goes, there's, there's signs, there's wonders, there's miracles going on. 
And he tells the disciples after everything going on, after all the, the signs, the wonders, and miracles, that kingdom of heaven being preached, the kingdom of culture life being preached throughout all of the area that they're at, he goes, hey, we're going to go to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. I need you to, I need you to listen to this. Jesus said, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. We're crossing over. Jesus gets in the boat. The disciples gets in the boat. All of a sudden, this, this storm just erupts. Matter of fact, it says that the winds and the waves were smacking against the boat. You can find this over in Mark 4. And we're going to read Mark 4, 39. But the winds and the waves were crashing upon the boat. Obstacles in life were smacking upon the boat. Come on, how many times have things come and smacked upon your boat? Come on, smacked upon your vessel, smacked upon your finances, smacked upon your children, your finances, your marriage, your, your job place, your, your everything, everything that's going on in your life. Smacked in your body, and you're, you're feeling this happening all over your body. Sickness, disease, cancer, wheelchairs, walkers. I don't care what it is. You feel life beating you up. That's what was happening. That's what was happening. The winds and the waves were smacking upon their, the boat. But guess where Jesus was? And I love this. Jesus was sleeping in the boat on a pillow. The disciples were freaking out. They were freaking out at the storm of life that was crashing upon them to the point that he says, wait a second, Jesus is sleeping in the boat? Doesn't he care about us? Come on. That's a dangerous place to be at. That's a dangerous place to be at. They were led by what they saw. They were led by their feelings of fear. They were led by their feelings of this and by their feelings of that. They didn't stand and say, wait a second, Jesus said we're going to the other side. So it doesn't matter if the storms of life come and smack us two ways from Wednesday. We're going to the other side. They didn't let faith arise within the inside of them. They didn't let that stir up, that creative force of heaven, the God kind of faith within them. They didn't let that stir up. They let everything else in the world stir up within them. They let their thought processes stir up. They let their emotions stir up. They let their will stir up. And they didn't let their spirit man speak loud. They made their soul the king instead of their spirit man be the king. And because the soul was the king, their flesh had to obey the soul. And they spoke out of their mouth, not faith, but fear. Doesn't he care about us? Why is he sleeping? Go wake him up. Come on. Go wake up Jesus. Doesn't he care? And they went down to the boat. The, the, the bow of the boat where Jesus was sleeping on the pillow. And see, this is where we need to be. Come on, in the midst of stuff that hits you, in the midst of everything in life hitting you, you need to be like Jesus and looking for that pillow where you can lay your head and rest, knowing that God's word says one thing, then it has to be true. And know that for a fact, 
Jesus said this. Heaven said this. He spoke prophetically over this. The word of God says this over your life. You know it has to come to pass. It doesn't matter what the obstacles in life present itself. If God says it's going to be one way, it's going to be one way. And don't you dare let out of your mouth speak something else. When we are led by our feelings and not by faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on. We walk by faith and not by sight. There's things in my life that I am walking by faith and not by sight. The obstacles say one thing. The, the winds and the waves of life say one thing. And I'm standing on the word. I'm standing on the word. Because when I'm on upon the rock... I can't be shaken, and I refuse to let my life be shaken. No matter what happens in my life, I know I'm in Christ. I know I'm in my beloved, and that's where I'm standing all the days of my life. Matter of fact, when I go to heaven, that's where I'm standing for all of eternity. Right there with my Jesus. <laughs> right there with my Lord. So they went down to the bow of the boat because they let obstacles of life move them rather than the faith of God move them. And you got to look, there's two ways of being able to operate. You can let the faith of God move you, or you can let the fear of life move you. You can let obstacles speak louder than the faith of God. They went down and woke up Jesus. Don't you care about us? Don't you know this, this, this winds and this waves and the storm's going to destroy us? And then he woke up and it says, then he arose and rebuked the winds. The winds said one thing, Jesus said another. He saw it void of peace, and then Jesus said to the wind and to the sea, peace, be still. Peace, be still. It was, and that's why I had to bring you back to Genesis really quick. It was without form. It didn't have a form of peace. It was void of the peace and the stillness of God. And darkness drove fear into the men that were upon that boat that day. And Jesus rose up with the God kind of faith and spoke the exact opposite. Peace be still. Come on, what do you need to be able to say? Peace be still. What do you need? You know how Jesus was able to say that and call to those winds and those waves that? Because Jesus said right before they got into the boat, we're going to the other side. Jesus was resting on the word that he already spoke out because he knew if he released it out of his mouth, then it had to come to pass because he was not only the son of God, he stood in faith that God was calling him to the other side. I only see, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father saying. So if Jesus was saying it, it's because he heard the father saying it. When you match your will, when you match your words, when you match your mouth up with what the word of God is saying over your life, we're going to the other side. Doesn't matter what comes and smacks you. It doesn't matter what tries to come and destroy you. Are you going to let those obstacles? Are you going to let your thought processes, your will, your emotions tell you one thing? Or are you going to let the God kind of faith arise and say, wait a second, peace be still. Not just to the circumstances, but to yourself, to your mind, peace, be still. To my emotions, peace, be still. To my will, peace, be still. To my flesh, peace, be still. I don't care what kinds tries to come and shake me anymore. 
I know that I know that I've, I've made this so solidified, especially in this last week, so solidified within me. I don't care what tries to come and shake me. No, I am a child of the most high. Peace, be still. I love this and this, I mean, I'm preaching half, not even half, but a portion in my notes, but a lot of not in my notes. But come on, I love that scripture and this ain't even in my notes. It says to be still and know that I am God. Be still. The very shalom of peace, the very rest of peace, the very I need to be quiet enough to quiet my mind, my soul, my emotions, and my will, my body. I need to quiet even my spirit, man, and know that he is God. Come on. Come on. Know that he is God in that area. Know that he is a God. Whoo, Jesus. Come on. Jesus. 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 Ha, ha, ha. Come on. So I love this. And, and, and this is why I love how it says in Hebrews 11. I, I, like I said, I've been reading out of Hebrews 11 for the last couple weeks. Man, I was even going to do um, a, a live and I, and I just didn't do it. And I, I was disobedient. Forgive me, guys. And forgive me, God. And, you know, I was disobedient. to let faith arise. You know, I've been, oh man, I've been chewing on Hebrews 11 for the last few weeks. And I'm telling you, there's something about that. And I'm reading it. Man, they were in the worst of the worst of the worst situations. But faith arised on the inside of them. In Hebrews 11, 1, it says this. Now faith. Come on. Now faith. Not tomorrow. I'm not going to push it off. I'm not going to push it off to next week, week to speak out of my mouth. I'm not going to push it off into two hours. I'm not going to push it off until next month. I'm not even going to go, wait a second, I said something uh, uh, a week ago, and that's good enough. Or I said something a year ago, and that's good enough. I spoke something 20, 30, 40 years ago, and that's good enough. No, now faith is. You have to be in a continuously daily walk of now faith. Now faith is. The very substance of things hoped for. It's the very evidence of things not seen. Faith is the very substance and the very evidence of things not seen and hoped for. Come on, you have to have to have a hope in the in the sight of your sight that you don't see it. But I know God's word says it, therefore faith arises. I love not being able to see it. And, and I, I remember this one time we were at a healing conference. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to make this testimony just real brief because I have a lot more notes and I'm running out of time. But I, 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 love, I love this. But we were at a healing conference and, and this lady, uh, it was a, a healing line. I'm up there ministering to several different people. And I go up and I, and I specifically got stopped and prompted by the Holy Spirit to say, what do you want? I need God, myself, and I even believe the Holy Spirit prompted her to confess out of her mouth what she desires. And she says, I have night blindness and I cannot see at night. And I need my eyes to be healed. And I know Jesus can do it. Come on. She could not see. Come on, I love, I love pairing that up with the Hebrews 11.1 because 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. She could not see at night. Things were so blurry to her, she had to have people drive her. She had people driving her consistently every night to that conference. 
Man, I laid hands on her. I knew the creative force of heaven. I matched my faith up with her faith, up with heaven's faith, laid hands on her, told her to take off her glasses and go outside. And I guarantee, I guarantee you made a request unto heaven. I don't care if you can't see it. I don't care if I can't see it. Heaven sees it. Faith sees it. Now go outside and you will see perfectly clear. She walks outside, and I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to pray. I'm continuing to go down the, the line and praying for people and, and seeing physical healings and, and emotional healings uh, being taken place. And she comes back in excited. She doesn't have her glasses on. She says, I can see perfectly clear. I no longer have night blindness. I know, come on, it was faith that arose within her to even go outside. It was faith that says, wait a second, I cannot see, but the command of faith, the charge of faith, the agreement of faith says, I need to go put his word and his faith, God's faith within me and my faith and this man that prayed for me's faith on the line and I need to walk out in faith and go put my healing into action and go see what I could not. Faith was a very evidence of things not seen. Although you cannot see it in the moment, what are you speaking? What are you doing? Are you walking out like you're healed? Or are you claiming that you're sick? Come on. And she came back in and I remember seeing her uh, a couple months later and she was still healed. Come on, it wasn't a one-night ooey-gooey, I got some goosebumps because someone put their hand on me. No, it was a faith of God that arose. Come on, it's too easy for God. You need a healing in your life, it's too easy for God. That's my favorite saying when I'm laying hands on somebody. It is too easy for God. Because God already sees it as healthy, whole, healed. He has a very creative force of heaven and is very charged out of his mouth. And you just need to match your faith up with God's faith and speak it out. And you'll see it come to pass. Why? Because that's the very word of God. I love it. Just like I said, this is, this is part of my notes, but just like I said before in, in John 14, 12, those that believe on me, the works I will do, you will do also. And even greater works than these, but it starts with faith. It starts with letting faith arise in you and go, wait a second, man, I need to take my faith. I need to take my faith. I need to let faith arise. I need to have the God kind of faith that calls those things that be not as though they are. I may not see it right now in the natural, but I'm not looking at the new natural. I'm looking at the supernatural. Come on, man. That should be a tweet. That should be a, a, a Facebook quote right there, man. I'm not looking at the natural. I'm looking at the supernatural. Hashtag the faith of God. Come on. Have the faith of God. I'm not looking at the natural, I'm looking at the supernatural. And when you match God's super up with the natural, it becomes supernatural and it has the manifested presence of God. Come on, I feel it in here. Man, I'm so fired up. I, I, I wish I had every single sick person, every single person that was infected with coronavirus all in this place right now. Man, because I tell you, matter of fact, I love this because God knows no space, no distance, no time. Every single person right now in Jesus' mighty name that's been affected with coronavirus, I call you healed. God knows no space, 
no distance, no time. God is going forth into your, your rooms, into the hospitals, into your bedrooms, into where you're quarantined at, into where you're getting your medicine at. And there's a supernatural healing that is coming upon you. I say pandemic, you are no Lord. I thank you. There's not going to be a pandemic, but there will be a healing movement. That the decline of coronavirus uh, is in effect. I claim it. I say it right now. I call them healed. Come on, you have to have faith that you don't have to lay hands on people. What would happen if you're preaching in front of a million people? Are you going to lay hands on a million people? No. I guarantee. No, you're going to speak forth the word of God, knowing that the very word of God will come to pass. That says, by his stripes, they were healed, knowing that what he did from the cross to the throne was more than enough, that his blood was more than enough, that the name of Jesus has all authority, all power, all might, and dominion, that the principalities, might's powers, have already been defeated, they've been disarmed, and that he's given you all authority over all the works of the evil one. Come on, you have to have that arise within you. Or you'll be stuck to crowds of 10s and 15s and 20s instead of the millions praying over them. Come on, the year of the roar is not the year of the roar for the few. It's the year of the roar for this world. You have to speak it out over nations. I call Italy healed. Come on, no more deaths. Death where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? I serve a resurrected, risen king. Italy healed. China healed. Man, I call this earth healed. Come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Man, I'm tired of people empowering this epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call Sickness doesn't have a season. Season. Jesus does. Jesus is the reason for every season if we keep our mind on those things that are above. Come on. Whew. Jesus. Come on. I, lo I love talking about the God kind of faith because faith reminds us. <laughs> faith reminds us. We have to put ourselves in remembrance Faith reminds us that change is always possible. Faith reminds us that change is always possible. Faith reminds us that change is always possible. Man, if you got your word, you got your Bible app, man, I need you to turn over to this and see it for yourself. Reading out of Romans 4, we're going to read 18, 18 through 21. Romans 4, 18 through 21. Man, Jesus, Jesus, my God. Man, I feel his presence so thick right now. Thank you, Father. Hello, Abba. <laughs> this is like those hello, Father moments, man. Oh, I feel it. I can just feel him like embracing and hugging on me as I'm, I'm saying this right now. I literally feel like literally his arms around me like I would come up to one of my daughters or my, or my boys and I just put my arms over their shoulders and just hug them. Man, come on. Sometimes you got you to gotta just know that you're embraced by the Father. 
Come on. Man, you got to have some faith for that. Come on, those that haven't had a, a, a physical, tangible evidence of his glory and his presence in their lives, you gotta, you got to have start having faith for that. Because his love is tangible. His presence is tangible. His Shekinah and his Kabod glory is tangible. Come on. Ah, Jesus. Romans 4, 18 through 21. I love this. This is the this is God kind of faith, man. This is this is talking about some righteousness and some faith. It says against all hope. <laughs> Come on, against all hope, against all hope. Sometimes we cower to fear. We cower because we don't. It, we try to hope for things as the world hopes for things and we don't see it the way we think we should see it and because we have worldly hope and it doesn't line up to our thought processes we believe worldly hope has let us down and we withdraw instead of arise it says against all hope all worldly hope Abraham in hope <laughs> Abraham in hope and God's kind of hope, the heavenly hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Against the way the world sees it, he know that God said it, therefore he believed. If God said it, I'm believing in what God says, not what the world says. Whose report are you going to believe in? I'm going to believe in the report of the Lord. Come on. Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been and said to him, so shall your offspring be. So come on, he even, even in that moment, even in that scripture, it's recounting what God said to Abraham, what God, what Abraham believed in because God said it. Abraham believed, so shall your offspring be. And he said, the world says this, my body says this, my soul says this, everything else says this, but I'm believing in faith in my spirit, man. And I'm putting my will, my soul, my body, and my emotions in check to the very word of God. And make it subdued to what God said and putting it under what God says. And now I'm believing in faith. That he said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body, I, you got to understand some key words in this. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact his body was good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. He, he Come on. I, 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 don't hear what I'm not saying. There's a difference between fact and truth. The fact may say one thing, but the truth speaks louder. 
the fact for a long period of time and the worldly mindset said the earth was flat. But the truth was the world was round and God created a perfect universe. The fact up until they had the, the star systems started being charted and the, the age of enlightenment, they thought the world was the only thing in every part of the universe. They thought there was no other planets. The truth was when God spoke, let there be light and created not only this earth, but all of the solar systems. <laughs> Man, he created stars, he created planets, he created such a wondrous work, but just because they couldn't see it didn't mean the truth was false. Just because I've, the fact is I've seen people dead and I've seen God work through me and raise them up. The fact said they were dead. The truth called them alive. Come on. What do you see as dead? Abraham saw that his body was almost dead. He saw that Sarah's womb was dead, but God saw it alive. The fact said one thing, but the truth of God's word said something else. Can, are we believing in the facts or are we believing in the truth? Come on, we got to line up our thought processes. Are we believing in the truth of God or are we saying that things are dead and it's okay for them to be dead? Or are we going to speak life and life abundantly? Come on, we got, we got, when we're reading about faith, man, we got slow down how we read about faith because there are some key words that will supernaturally recharge your spirit man and weed out your thought processes real quick when you start lining your mind up with what the word of God says lining your heart up with what the word of God says and lining your mouth up what with heaven says come on faith reminds us that things are always able always possible to change. That, ch that faith reminds us that change is always possible. I'm believing in the truth and not the facts. I'm believing in life and not death. Come on, I've seen so many dead things arise. I've seen dead things emotionally. I've seen hurts. I've seen pains. I've seen anguishes. There were, those were all facts. But the love of God can flood in and clear out all that fear, all that hurt, all that bitterness, and let the truth of his love speak louder. The truth of the finished work of the cross speak louder. Come on, Jesus. I'm going to skip a lot of my notes right now because I just feel the, the Holy Spirit moving one way right now. And I, I really, I really believe not only what I read earlier in Second Timothy two thirteen that He is faithful even when we are faithless because He cannot deny Himself within us. There are those that are listening to this that are getting charged up in faith. There are those that are listening to this that have mountain-moving kind of faith that is arising with inside of them. Come on, we've talked about healings. We've talked about miracles. We've talked about calling those things that be not as though they are and has stirred up something with inside of you. 
Come on. But there are those that are on here, those that are watching the replay, man, I even know it, those that are going to be listening to this that's going to be loaded up on our website or listening to this on YouTube, wherever this may go. They're going, man, I, I'm just, I, I'm not there. I'm not there. And they are letting little faith speak so loud that faith then becomes fear. But guess what? Guess what? This is what I love about God. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Meaning he will still perform his word over your life. Even when you don't feel that you can have faith arise, God's faith is arising over you. It will overcome you. The gift of faith will come upon you and he will shower out his word because God is bound to his word over your life because God is not a liar. I love, I love this. Little faith will still move mountains. Jesus said, if you have a faith even as a mustard seed, and say unto this mountain, be cast and go unto the sea. Come on. Faith as a mustard seed. It's the littlest seed that's out there. It's the littlest seed that's out there. Even if you're listening to this and you're going, man, I don't think I can. Whoa, 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 whoa. Even if you can believe that God is still God, that Jesus is still Jesus, and what he did upon the cross to the throne is more than enough. If you still believe that the Holy Spirit is just hovering over your life, man, and is just ready to give birth to something into your life with the very word of God. If you can believe that, just that, I mean, you don't have to have mountain-moving faith to believe that Jesus is the resurrected King of Kings and that God is always faithful. If you can have that kind of faith, you can walk on water. Come on. You can see dead boys and mute boys and, 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 and miracles and healings arise in people's lives. Here's a, here's a couple scriptures. I love this one. Because Jesus called out to Peter. Matter of fact, Peter called out. Sorry, let me correct. Peter called out to Jesus, if that is you. Because everyone else was saying it was a ghost. Jesus came walking on the water. Again, when there's winds and waves tossing and crashing against the boat. A lot of these guys were fishermen. So they were looking at the circumstances going, my God, this can't, this can't be happening. I need to grip on for my very dear life. And they see a figure walking to them on the water. And instead of matching their faith up they, with God, they matched their faith up with the natural and called it something godly as ungodly. They called the good evil and the evil good. They didn't look and say, wait a second, this is the same Jesus that fed the multitude, that said dead people rise, that says, hey, I'll meet you on the other side. This, this can't be possible. It has to be something demonic. But Peter grabbed a hold of something in that moment and says, wait a second, no, that is Jesus. And he said, Lord, if that is you, Jesus, if that is you, call me to come unto you. And Jesus spoke, come. And he recognized the voice of Jesus. Come on, we gotta recognize. We got us sheep gotta know the father's the, the the father's voice. We gotta know the shepherd's voice and be so attuned to his voice that if he says come, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of something that looks like I should be able to sink into it, I in faith I'm gonna walk over it. Faith will enable you to walk over what you would normally sink in. Come on, you got you gotta realize that. 
Faith will enable you to walk over what you would normally sink in. So Jesus said, come. So Peter stepped out of the boat, started walking on water because all, from one word, he didn't have a sermon. He didn't have 10, 15 different people flowing into prophetic speaking over his life. He didn't have any of that. He heard the voice of the Lord say one word. Come on, that little bit of faith to step out on just one word of heaven. That one word that says that you're healed through the word. That one word that says you are beloved, that you are valued, that you are, are favored. Come on, that you have the peace that passes under understanding, that he's the prince of peace. Come on, what is the one word, one word that you can stand on? That one word that you could step out on. He stepped out on one word and walked out on water. That wasn't great faith. That wasn't like, I'm understanding all of this kingdom dynamics. I'm not doing any of this. I'm stepping out on one thing. And he said to come. So I'm going to step out on a C-O-M-E and come unto Jesus. And then he took his eyes off. And you got you to gotta, you gotta picture this. If anybody is visual, picture this. Peter's walking on the water. He's stepping out to Jesus. Jesus was far enough away. Think about it. Envision this. Jesus was far enough away for almost every single one of his disciples not to physically recognize him. He's easily 10, 15 feet away. Easily in the midst of a storm. Not to be able to see him. Peter gets out of the boat starts walking to him. All of a sudden, he takes his eyes off in the midst of that. So Peter had to be easily six, seven feet out, walking unto Jesus. All of a sudden, takes his eyes off of Jesus, being easily probably six, seven, eight feet out. Jesus easily 10, 15 feet out. I can think in, in, in the way I read the scripture, I can think that Peter was almost to Jesus. And I'll tell you why here in a second. I'm believing through the way that the scripture says it, not the way I believe it, but because of how the scripture says it. Come on. That Peter was almost to Jesus. So Peter probably, most likely, according to the word, as, as I'm just thinking about the word and chewing on the word as I, I'm describing this to you, was almost to Jesus. So Peter probably was almost eight, nine feet, almost to where Jesus was. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of his eyes, he saw the winds and he saw the waves and he did this. And he took his eyes off of Jesus. It says that Peter immediately began to sink. You got to remember, Peter only stepped out with one word, not some kind of sermon, not hopping online and, and waiting for 10 prophets to tell them something and to prophesy something to them until they can oh, get something good enough to tickle their ears. Come on. He, he didn't have any of that junk. He, he didn't read 14 chapters of, of Matthew. He didn't, he didn't read any of that. He stepped out on one word from Jesus. Walked eight, nine feet out on water. Took his eyes off for a moment and it said it immediately began to sink. He began to sink. He began. And this is why I believe that he was almost to Jesus. It says that he began to sink. 
okay? I hate, okay, I'm not gonna use the word hate. I very much dislike the pictures of where it shows that Peter is underneath the water drowning and Jesus digging down into the water and pulling them back up because it's unscriptural. That's why I dislike it very much. It says that as Peter began to sink, he immediately began to sink. But guess what it also says in Matthew 14, 31, it says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. How can you stretch out your hand immediately to catch someone that's about to fall if they weren't right next to you? That's why I believe that Peter was almost to Jesus within an arm reach away of Jesus, within just a few feet away from Jesus. Because Peter didn't sink. He says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him. He took his eyes off of Jesus for a moment. He began to sink. His feet started going underneath the water, and Jesus reached out and grabbed him. Jesus pulled that kung fu grip on him and immediately grabbed him. Uh-uh. I'm not letting you sink. Just because you took your eyes off of me doesn't mean you weren't faithful enough to step out on my word. Doesn't mean I am faith faithless. As your Lord, it doesn't mean I'm going to let you sink because I'm faithful even when you've been faithless in this moment, Peter. Oh, and then he says, oh, ye, a little faith. Why do you doubt? He even had doubt in his heart for a moment and immediately Jesus grabbed a hold of him. Come on. You have a little bit of doubt in your heart. You, get, you have to see that a Jesus is immediately reaching and goes, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. I ain't letting you sink. What kind of God, what kind of father would let his children drown? What kind of Lord, what kind of prince of peace would let there be unpeace? Come on, he immediately reaches out and grabs a hold of them. And says, oh, ye little faith, why do you doubt? I love this because then you got to imagine they're eight, nine, ten feet out on the water. Jesus said there was doubt in Peter's heart and he was of little faith. But if they're eight, nine, ten feet out in the water, how'd they get back to the boat? They walked. They walked back to the boat, even though there was a little bit of doubt in Peter's heart. And Jesus even called that he had little faith, still walked back on water with Jesus. You got to see Jesus grabbing a hold of you. And even if you have little faith, know that with Jesus, you can still walk on water. You gotta imagine, even in little faith, he is still faithful and he's grabbing a hold of you right where you're at. And even in moments and areas that you think that you're going to sink in, that you think is impossible, when the winds and waves of life are smashing against your boat and you think you're going to sink and drown, Jesus immediately grabs a hold of you and goes, I'm putting my faith on the line for you. You may have little faith, but I'm the author and the perfecter and the finisher of your faith. And I ain't letting you go under. And I'm here to lift you up. I'm here to walk this out with you. And it doesn't matter what the outcome looks like in the natural. Know that I'm right there with you no matter what. Doesn't matter if you see 
everything fall apart, know that I'm right there with you, walking this out with you. Doesn't There was still a storm. There are still winds. There are still waves. There are still 11 other knuckleheads back in the boat in fear, calling that thing, uh, calling Jesus demonic. There is still everything in life in the natural that looked like it fell apart. But Jesus with Peter was walking on the water. Peter, even in the moments of little faith, was walking out something that every other man would have sunk in because he was with Jesus. Come on. Jesus resounds and, re and lives within you. It says that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says that if you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God abides in you and you in God. If you're in God and, and, and God is in you, you think God's going to let himself sink in you? No. It doesn't matter what looks like in the natural. He is right there with you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Come on. Some, we we, we got to tell ourselves that the facts don't matter. The truth speaks louder. Here's another one. Another one of, of, of little faith. Come on. It says in, in Mark 9, 23, 24, and Jesus said to them, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Come on, man. We quote this one all of the time. We quote this one all of the time. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The man with the mute son said immediately the father of the child cried out in tears, in a repentant heart, and said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief in this one area. Lord, I believe in you. I have some unbelief going on in the natural, but Lord, I believe in you. Help my unbelief. Help my, that area of my heart that I have some unbelief, my, my, my stinking thinking that I have some unbelief in. Lord, help that because I believe in you, Jesus. And I know that all things are possible that those that believe. All things are possible to him who believes. Come on, that was little faith. Come on, there is regular faith. Faith without doubting in the heart can move a mountain. You can find that in Matthew 21, 20, uh, 21 through 22. So 21, 21 through 22. Mountain moving faith. If you say, if you have faith, I say to you, surely, if you have faith and do not doubt within your heart, come on. So you have little faith that had a little bit of doubt and still walked out a miracle. Then you have faith, regular mountain moving faith, that believes and doesn't doubt in your heart. Come on, I'm trying to, I'm telling you, man, it doesn't matter where you're at in your faith. It doesn't matter where you're at in your faith. If you can have faith, this much of faith, God will perform miracles in your life. Because God is always true and God is always faithful and you are a beloved child of God. He loves you so much. He doesn't want to see you fail. Man, he has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for you. Come on, if you have even that little bit of faith, that, I mean, you can't even see it kind of faith. And there's even doubt in your heart. Man, Peter still walked on water with that. Come on. And then there's the faith that you know that you know that you know there's no doubt in your heart. Jesus said this. 
And if you say, if you say, if you speak, if you let the roar in that moment when you know that you know that you know that you know that if you say it in faith and don't doubt in your heart, if you know that you know faith, come on, you know that you know faith because you have the knower within the side of you, that you know that you know, you say, you speak, you roar to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. It will be done. Not it may be done. Not hey, hey well, well, guess what? You know, I'll think about it. You know, I, I got the Holy Spirit on speed dial. And when I, whenever I really want to think about it, I may call him up to, to have him perform the power of heaven. Or I, I may get a hold of my angels. No, he said it will be done. It will be finished. It will be complete. It will be done. Come on, if you have that faith, then this is talking about regular faith. This ain't even a great faith. Jesus calls out great faith too. So little faith, faith, and great faith. Come on, it doesn't matter. I have to get this through you and into your heart. Man, it doesn't matter where you're at in faith. God is still faithful. God is not going to be moved just because you were. Come on. You gotta see that God will not be moved just for because you were in the moment. And here's the thing: if God doesn't see you like that, we shouldn't see each other like that either. Even if we know somebody else was moved in their faith and said something stupid, we don't look at them through what they say and point out their faults. No, we see them the way God sees them and calls out how heaven sees it and calls out the faith of God over their lives. And we let faith arise in us. For another person. Come on. Whew. Jesus. I love the great faith too. So that was little faith. And that was faith. The faith. Faith. Mountain moving faith. Is just faith without doubting your heart. And you can remove those obstacles that are in your life. What obstacles do you have? What obstacles do you have in your life that you need to see removed? He wasn't saying, hey, I'm calling, uh, calling forth Mount Kilimanjaro. To be moved into the sea. Why? Because that would disrupt the very earth and the very creation that he created. He's talking about the obstacles. Things that look immovable in your life. What things look immovable? Immovable, I should say. I need to use sometimes some correct English. I, sometimes I use hillbilly or country language. And it doesn't come out correctly. But immovable. What looks immovable in your life? Or unmovable, I should say. Sorry. Correcting my English again. I speak American, not English. I'm sorry. What looks unmovable in your life? What mountain obstacles do you have in your life? Come on, you got to stop and think about this for a second. What do, you, what do you see as unmovable in your life? Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Don't doubt in your heart and you'll see it. And it says, if you say it out of your mouth, it will be done. Is Jesus a liar? No, God forbid. So it has to come to pass. If we know that Jesus isn't a liar, we know it has to come to pass. Are we believing the word more than we believe the news? Are we believing the word more than we believe newspapers? Are we believing the word more than we do circumstances? Come on, we have to have mountain-moving faith. 
And that's not even great faith. And listen to this and great faith. I, I love this. The centurion roaming soldiers. This was a man that didn't even have a blood covenant with God. But Jesus called him with great faith because he understood the kingdom dynamics. Listen to this. The centurion Roman soldier had great faith because he understood kingdom authority that Jesus had. Do you understand the kingdom authority that not only Jesus has, not only that God has, not only that the Holy Spirit and the angels have, but you understand the kingdom authority that you as a believer have? That's great faith. Come on, in Matthew 8.10, it starts off and it says this. Oh, actually, I'm going to back up to, to, to 8 and I'll go all the way through 10. It says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come unto my roof, but only speak a word. I got to back up. If this is the year of the roar, everyone is prophetically decreeing that the the, the calendars are saying that it is. The roaring 20s, going back even to the 1920s, there's a roaring 20s, 100 years sight. I mean, come on, there's so many things that are saying a year of roar. How can you have a roar without a speech out of your mouth? Come on, we got to open up our mouth and let the abundance of our heart out of faith speak. He says, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He didn't say you have to do a dance. He didn't say you had to do this. He didn't say you had to perform a great sermon. He didn't say you had to do anything. He understood the kingdom dynamics that God, by his Holy Spirit, had anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth to heal that all that were oppressed of the enemy, all that they were oppressed of the devil. He knew the authority of heaven. He knew the authority that all Jesus had to do was open his mouth in faith and God and Jesus by the very word would send forth his angels and send forth his spirit to go and heal that young servant. All he had to do was speak in faith and he knew that Jesus would do it. And he said, for I am a man also under authority. Come on, you as a believer are under authority. Having soldiers under me, you have angels underneath you. It says that, and go back and read Hebrews. Come on, we have angels. We have angels that are servants. Come on, we, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, the, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead. We have kingdom authority to activate things, to speak forth things, to command things that come to pass. And it says that the angels hearken to the word of the Lord. They have to perform the word of the Lord. If you don't believe that angels can go forth and heal, then you need to go back and where Jesus was even talking about, the angels that would come down and touch the water and the pool of Bethesda, and the man was waiting for an angel to stir up the water to bring healing. Come on, the angels can go forth and stir up healing because they're not doing it on their own. They're doing it because God is saying to go forth and do it. Angels don't work on their own. They're not doing their own accord. They're going forth to carry out what heaven is saying, and they will always testify of Jesus. They will always testify of the goodness of God. And if it doesn't reflect the goodness of God, if it doesn't reflect Jesus, then it it ain't God. And they ain't angels. Even angels can appear as, oh, even the devil can appear as angel of light. Galatians says, that's the word. 
Don't be fooled by, by things that are falsehoods that look like death that come in an angelic form. That's not God. If it doesn't reflect Jesus, if it doesn't reflect the nature of God, it's not angels. That's a very small, quick teaching. I can teach hours and hours and hours. And hours. Matter of fact, I can write a book just on the angelic and, and, and not just from his word, but through personal experiences. And let me tell you this, God, through Jesus in this moment, something was activating inside of Jesus because the centurion was pulling on the faith of Jesus and the authority of Jesus and says, hey, if you speak, I know what you say is so powerful that it's going to activate the authority of heaven and it's going to activate the angelic of heaven. Why do I know that's what the centurion was saying? Because of what he said next. He says, for I am a man also. Also means just like. If, if I had a, uh, an orange and an apple, and I say, this is an orange and this is an apple, I can say that's two different things, right? But if I had two apples, I say, hey, this is an apple, and this is also an apple. That is that you gotta understand, you gotta slow down and read the words. He says, For I'm also a man underneath authority. So he's understanding the kingdom dynamic of authority. He says, I'm understanding what you carry, Jesus, for I'm also a man underneath authority and having soldiers underneath me. So he's saying to Jesus, hey, I understand that you are under the authority of heaven and that you have soldiers, you have angels that hearken to you, that are underneath you. I understand that you're under authority, Jesus, underneath the Father, and that you have angelic soldiers underneath you. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. He's saying, I also understand what you carry, that you are underneath God, the Father, because you always point everything back to the Father, that you have the angelic underneath you. And if you say to one of your angels, go, he has to go. And if you say to another, do this, it has to do this. And if I say to my servants, go here and do this, it has to go and do this. He's saying, I understand that if you open up your mouth, it activates a kingdom authority in the kingdom realm that the angels themselves have to go out because they are underneath you. When Jesus heard this, this is, this is the Bible, man. This is, this is the word of God. When you stop and stop reading it as a story and you start understanding it from a kingdom perspective, you, you got to stop and slow down enough to read this stuff because it will blow your mind. It says, when Jesus heard this, he marveled. He's, oh my God. This is, a, this is a man that doesn't even have a blood covenant. He does, he's not of the circumcision. Ouch. He's not of the circumcision. He doesn't have a blood covenant. He, matter of fact, he doesn't even, even, even in the midst of everything right now, he, he, I should be just pushing him away in the worldly standards because this is a guy without covenant. Why is he coming to me? Jesus didn't say that. And Jesus didn't think like that. He says, wait a second. This man is understanding kingdom authority and kingdom dynamics and he doesn't even have a blood covenant with God, even though all of Israel does. 
all of my people do. And Jesus marveled at that. He says, man, this guy with covenant knows so much more about kingdom authority and kingdom dynamics than the very ones that have covenant. And he marveled and he said to those that followed, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He said, I'm marveling at this. This guy without a covenant understands the kingdom of God better than the ones that do have a covenant that are in Israel. That call themselves rabbis, that call themselves Pharisees and Sadducees, that, that have a form of religion. This man doesn't even have the same religion as we do. He's not even a pious one like a Sadducee or a Pharisee or a ruler or anything like this. He's not even a teacher. He doesn't even have a blood covenant, but he understands the authority of heaven. He understands not only the authority of heaven, but he understands the authority that I carry out of my mouth. That when I speak, it has to happen. Guess what? Jesus spoke and the servant was healed. He spoke, angels went forth and they were healed. Because the angels, according to the word of God, have to hearken to the word. Have to hearken to what God says. God said, out of his son, because I only Speak what I hear my father say. So God's saying it. Jesus is speaking it. And released forth the angels and the servants were healed. That is biblical. And I, I need you to understand when you have great faith, when you understand the kingdom dynamics, when you understand the authority of heaven, when you understand everything that is available to you being seated in heavenly places and you start calling on the heavenly powers, I'm telling you, it activates something where God himself and Jesus himself have to sit there and go, oh my God, come on, I'm ready to carry this out. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready for your healing. I'm ready for the restoration. I'm ready to release all of what heaven has for you. Just open your mouth. Let it roar. Let it arise in faith once again. Let it come. <laughs> and that's not even talking about the gift of faith. I might, I might have to, like I was saying earlier, come back and do another teaching or do a couple of lives on faith and, and talk about the gift of faith. and there, There's so much a difference in this. But I need you to realize it doesn't matter where you're at. You can have great faith like the centurion did and, and understand the kingdom dynamics. You can, you can have faith and not doubt in your heart. Or you can have little faith and even, even little faith that had some, some doubt like he told Peter. Jesus called out Peter without faith. And still walked on water. Doesn't matter where you're at in your faith. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather you have great faith. Because faith comes by hearing, by hearing, by the word. Which means it can grow. Build yourself up on your most holy of faith and pray in tongues. Come on, there's a building of faith. Doesn't matter if you have little faith. It doesn't mean you have to remain there too. You can build to great faith. Because the more you get into the word, the more you get into the Holy Spirit and into his presence and set your mind on the things above, kingdom realities are poured out and you start calling things the way the kingdom does and it activates great faith. Come on. I'm telling you, that it's, it's not, I hate using the word, there's a step-by-step, step, but there's a flow of faith. There's a, an, I hate using even the word formula, but there is pinpointed things that the word of God says that are spiritual laws 
They're not a formula. They're a spiritual law that God puts into a place saying, if you do this, just like we have the, the, the law of gravity, you drop an apple, guess what? It's going to fall. There's a law, not a mosaic law that you're bound to. Come on, that's, that, that's legalism. Come on. But there is a law. There's a kingdom dynamic, I should say. That's an even better word for it. There's a kingdom dynamic and a rule put into place that when you activate these things, God has to perform his word because he is not a liar. He said these things so you can actually understand it. Grab a hold of everything that the kingdom has to live out God's kingdom best for you. And even if it looks like everything falls apart all around you, you are still upon the rock. Come on. I, I, I've said this before. I can lose it all. Be, be naked in the middle of the desert. God forbid that. Well, at least I have some clothes on my back. You can take everything that I have away. All, all my finances, cars, house. You can take it all away. Put me in the middle of the desert. I can stand on this and get it all back. Because I know my God. And I will not be shaken in him. It doesn't matter what the world says and states as fact, I'm standing on the truth. I, I've said that over and over and over. It doesn't matter what I lose in the natural. I know what I have in the supernatural. Come on, that is the faith of God. That is rising up and saying, it may be void. There may be darkness. There, there may be the absence of my very presence. But open my mouth. And speak his presence into the atmosphere and you become an atmosphere changer. Man, I love you guys today. As a matter of fact, I love you guys every day. And I love being able to talk about faith because not only does it encourage me, I hope it encourages you. Let faith arise in you. It's not only a great song and a great saying, but it's the very truth of heaven. Let it arise within you. Let it build within you. Come on, start praying in other tongues. Come on, Jude 20, build yourself up on your most holy of faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm setting my mind on the things above. He'll be able to pray out the things that you're not able to. He makes groaning and intercession for us. Come on, the Holy Spirit. Let faith, I don't care what it looks like. I call restoration for him. I call redemption and healing forth. Financial prosperity forth. Complete healing. Not a form of it, but a wholeness of it. Because heaven says it. Not because I said, but because the word of God has decreed it as the very breath, the very ruah of God. And I love you, Father. I honor you, Father. And with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and let me tell you about Thanksgiving and why I mentions it so many times, and I'm not doing a message on it right now, but Thanksgiving is the highest form of faith in my eyes because Thanksgiving is thanking God for something you don't even see yet. It's activating faith and thanking God for it all at the same time because he is worthy of all of our praise and all of our Thanksgiving, and he is always faithful even when we are knuckleheads and, and been faithless, he is always faithful. 
So it doesn't matter if you've had little faith or, or regular mountain moving faith or great faith. Have the faith of God because God has faith in you. And I love you and I honor you guys for joining us this morning. Take time to share this broadcast as many times as you guys like.